This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Look out, something is going to get you tonight. Let's talk about the thing that's going to get you tonight. Welcome to the Happy Harvest Horror Show. <laughs> everyone i'm Corey. hello i'm brian we're here to talk to you about ghosts and stuff it's your weekly destination for all things spooky creepy eerie uncanny um halloween and halloween adjacent <laughs> adjacent that's right <laughs> in the venn diagram that is halloween you have us that's us that's where we exist where every week we also uh, going to gonna go into a little deep dive on a certain topic or area or thing in that can be considered spooky, and we'll talk about our experience, maybe some history, maybe you'll learn something, maybe we'll learn something. We're all here because we love spookies. So welcome. There you go. Yeah, welcome. Thanks for being here. It's getting exciting. We're at the very end of August, which means means in my world it's it's Halloween. Like Halloween yeah. is here. <laughs> That's it. It's like, it might as well be October 31st. Yeah. The leaves aren't changing yet, but they'll get there. Yeah, they'll yeah. get there. I've seen a few, even though it's weird because it's really hot here. But like I've I've seen, I guess it just has gotten cold enough at, at night that mm-hmm. I've seen a few colored leaves on the ground. And I've gotten excited about that. Beautiful. Also, I got a little, I got a little pumpkin candle. A little pumpkin spice. Is it- What's is pumpkin spice? That's the f- oh. well, pumpkin pumpkin. Yeah. Where was it? Is it a Yankee doodle? No, it's just like a tiny one. I got at Target. It's n- it's nothing fancy, but it's nice. Target's Halloween selection is not to joke about. They, this it, they've got some good stuff. Oh, they do it. They do it up. They haven't. It's not fully up yet. At least at, not at my local Target. I was there the other day, and they still got all the back to school stuff because back to school is happening, which is absurd for a lot of reasons. Kind of. Uh, yeah, kind <laughs> yeah. of exactly. <laughs> so they don't fully have their Halloween stuff up yet, but they got you know little things, little things peeking out. So I went to speaking of Halloween decorations and Halloween stores. I went to my first Spirit Halloween store of oh, the season today. Yes, yes, They're yes. open. I was looking at a bunch of stuff. I, there's a the new line of vintage Halloween masks that I have my eye on that I think they look really cool. There's like a classic kind of classic Halloween decorations, the bisol sort of stuff. There's like a cat mask and there's the classic monsters. I think it looks great. That sounds cool. Uh, yeah. What else? What else is how spooky has your week been? What else have you been up to? I like that question. How spooky has your week been? <laughs> That's, I think, how we're going to frame this. Yeah. Tell me about your spooky week, and then we'll jump into our spooky topic. <laughs> Let's see. So I got the pumpkin candle. Mm-hmm. Also got my first six-pack of, of pumpkin beer this week. That, oh, so that was in the um, – it was it was at the gas station, the, the pumpkin blue moon. Oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. stoked on that. Um, as far as spooky stuff, actually, most of the spooky stuff I did this week was in preparation 
for this episode. Right. Meaning I watched a lot of ghost hunting television shows this hey week. Hey-o! And there it is. That's our topic today, ghost hunting television shows. Before we dive in, do you have any other fun, spooky things you did this week? Or I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I do. <laughs> feeling you had more so i didn't want to just bypass <laughs> i got it i could have a whole like one man show about what spooky shit i did every week <laughs> um i've been i've been diving into george romero and well he was still alive started a book called the living dead and we all know george Romero created the modern zombie with night of the living dead and dawn of the dead day of the dead 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 and before he died he started this book called the living dead but it was not finished before he passed and then it was picked up and finished by daniel kraus um and it's just this tome of a book it's like 600 pages all going about the end times in this uh sort of zombie story and it's pretty uncanny (laughs) it's maybe not the best to read an apocalypse story during maybe an apocalypse (laughs) um but uh it's awesome it's very fun to read quotations around fun highly recommend it. So I've been doing that. I went to the spirit Halloween store, which is funny because where this week's session is about ghost hunting television shows. And I saw at near their checkout window that spirit Halloween has a $10,000 sweepstakes with Zach Baggins that we'll talk about oh. from ghost adventures. <laughs> um, I couldn't figure out what was the, like what was the prize? <laughs> just him it's just, <laughs> it's just him like you get to go look for ghosts with him they like like are they gonna send you a ghost i mean what i don't know what the with the eleven thousand dollar ghost <laughs> ghost this ghost is worth this much so yeah that's uh that, that was fun so i'm excited to talk about that guy did you enter the sweepstakes no, because I didn't buy anything. I'm going to come back. Oh. I I get, like to go to different spirits. Not everyone has everything in stock at one spirit. So you got to, I'm such a dork. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you really got to, you got to check out all your options. <laughs> weigh them out, you know? <laughs> as much as I love spirit, it's a lot of like kind of um, uh, cheap stuff is oh, the yeah. word I'm looking for, yeah. you know? So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love it. And that's the fact. So I'm going to definitely be back. Get those masks. Uh, I guess the, the other thing is uh, Shudder. You'll hear me talk about Shudder so much on this show because I am in love with it. It's a streaming service. Oh, they do they do podcast uh, sponsorships. So uh, oh. Shudder, okay. hit us this up. This is me. <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> I have a funny story about Shudder. I was at Comic-Con when uh, the world was not uh, in flames. I went to the Shudder booth and I was just just fanning out just like, Oh my God, I love this. I love this. I love you guys did this. I love, I love that you have like the TV shutter TV feature that's just playing. And I was going on and on about it. And at one point she was just like, um, you should probably do this. Cause I, you know, this more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the end of the story. That's the sad ending of the story. No job came from it. But um, but once again, it sounds to me like you're the perfect spokesperson for shutter who does podcast sponsorships. <laughs> So this is, we're putting it out there. Putting Come it on, into the spooky universe. And on Shudder, I watched uh, the movie Host. I told you about it. Did you Did you get a chance to see it? I didn't it? get a chance to watch it, but please oh, tell us so about good. it. Oh, it's this perfect, perfect little Zoom horror movie that exists and probably will only work really in this specific time that we're living in. Because 
ever it's it's during the quarantine it was filmed during the quarantine it's set during this quarantine of everyone doing this seance over zoom and things get spooky and at first i think i if you were like me going in going oh this sounds cute and fun for the novelty uh, novelty of it and then it gets scary like actually the the stuff they were able to pull off is so impressive a lot of fish wire for moving things around a lot of a lot of like really involved stunts that takes you off guard because you're like, how did they pull this off during this? Highly recommend. I don't want to spoil it all, but the movie's called Host. So big fan. Big fan. That sounds fun. I might, that was my spooky week. I might have to look that up this evening because that, that sounds like a fun time. It was really fun. Host. 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 I always think host, uh, the, uh, the author of Twilight had a book called Host. Oh, Stephanie Meyer? Yeah. <laughs> and then also um, Bong Joon-ho. Also. Yeah, have you seen that? I haven't, but it's on my list. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. Good creature feature. I will have, uh, yeah. I like all of his movies are on my list. I haven't seen nearly enough of them, but Parasite was amazing, as Parasite everyone was knows. Incredible. So. I love Parasite. It's and I, so I had a, a debate with somebody at work over whether or not it was horror. And I was arguing that it's a lot of things and it's horror. Yep. Um, I get in that conversation, that debate a lot where people, if it's can't be classified fully as horror, then it's just not. I saw it pop up, I think, because it's on Hulu right now. And mm-hmm. it like popped up in a list of, it might have been horror or maybe Halloween stuff. And I, I remember yeah. having a moment of being like, huh. And then I was like, no, you know, that's fair. Like it definitely, it yeah, it's a lot of things. I would never classify it as just horror by any means, but. I would never classify it as just one anything. Yeah, you right. Know, I think it's, <laughs> it's, it's a great movie. It's just a um, fantastic film all around. Okay, should we should we do this? Should we get into our topic? Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so we're talking about ghost hunting television shows. Woo! What a fun, what a phenomenon! Ghost hunting. What a phenomenon! Right? Do we want to be talking about? Because I mean, I when I was doing my research for this, I have I, we could start at like the two thousand four resurgence, you know, uh, popularity, or we could go back. <laughs> I mean, like way back. <laughs> So like the start of spiritualism. Um, yes. So yes. What do you think, uh, our resident occult enthusiast? So yeah, let's dive a little bit back into the history, and then and then we'll zoom forward into the uh, yeah the sensation that is the ghost hunting television show, paranormal television. Exactly, but obviously paranormal investigation. Well, maybe it's not obvious, but paranormal investigation existed before. Television shows. It was a mm-hmm. thing, as Brian brought up. The 19th century spiritualism movement is where a lot of it went down and is kind of credited with the start of what modern day ghost hunting looks like. Mm-hmm. But I did read that paranormal research, which is a very uh, vague term, I feel like a lot could be encompassed in that. But I did mm-hmm. read that paranormal research can be traced all the way back to the 18th century. So that's going, you know, even further back than when spiritualism was really hot. But at the turn of the 19th century was when spiritualism as a cultural kind of practice was getting really big. There were lots of, you know, tarot was really coming up at this time. Seances, seances were huge, right? Oh, yeah. You could have seance parties. Yes, it was such a thing. 
and also like psychic mediums, like psychic mediums, mm-hmm. so, you know, talking to spirits, all of this was getting really big. And one of the first uh, names I came across while researching ghost hunting was Harry Price. Did you see anything on Harry this dude? Harry Price, no. Okay, well, I'll give you a little rundown. He was a parapsychologist. Mm-hmm. Also known as a ghost hunter, there's like a biography written of him. I think it's called Harry Price, A Biography of a Ghost Hunter. (laughs) Incredible. And um, in the early 19th century. But what was really interesting about him in the research that I did was that actually... So obviously he was involved in this and like he was known as a ghost hunter. So he was actively trying to find evidence for ghosts and spirits and things like this. And I think was implementing some sort of scientific research in some way into doing this. But interestingly, a lot of what I read about him was just more about how he was someone who exposed a lot of fraudulent like psychics and mediums. He exposed several fraudulent psychic mediums because he had a solid knowledge base of stage magic. He was a stage magician. And so he was able to kind of see through some of the the shadier spiritualist occult practices, which definitely went down. And we'll do a whole episode on it because like we can go deep into that. But like... There was definitely a lot of, you know, intentional fraud in that time. And also at the exact same time, stage magicians were huge. Yeah, that's so funny that you bring up stage magicians because I, in my research, I saw also that Harry Houdini was also a huge anti-spiritualism figure. Mm -hmm. He always set out to debunk and disprove it. So that's, that's fascinating that these figures that master the art of trying to trick you in what you're seeing that uh, people that are competing they're out to disprove i guess no totally it's actually a yeah it's a really interesting thing that i think we could go deep in in um the back and forth of yeah because stage magic was huge at this time as was you know psychic readings and there's an interesting thing throughout history i think up until now and it is actually kind of a gendered thing as well of almost like a um a battle between the stage magic, the close-up magic, the tricking of the eye kind of thing, and then magic as in actually using unseen forces. Mm -hmm. And there tends to be a huge kind of like battle push and pull between these two groups. I listened to a podcast or I've I've read about how um, there's an interesting gender thing there too, because stage magicians tend to be men Mm -hmm. and psychics are much more likely to be Mediums women. Are usually, and so there's usually women. Yeah. Yeah. It's just percentage wise. Obviously mm-hmm. we don't need to like gender everything, but like that just all women are mediums <laughs> and all men are stage. magicians. <laughs> all men are magicians. They're all wizards. <laughs> but yeah, it's just interesting. This guy, Harry Price, very like the term ghost hunter was attached to him. But yet a lot of the work I was finding about him was more about exposing mediums or exposing people that were like using tricks, um, using like stage magic to trick people into mm-hmm. thinking there were ghosts. So in this sense, he's kind of like a ghost buster, you know, like oh, he's kind of <laughs> the first ghost buster. Incredible. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but who who did you have? Research? I well, I because I started at spiritualism, right? So which is just, the, you know, I guess the belief in the possibility of communication with spirits. 
mm-hmm. and was going through mediums and going through the entries that I could find. And then I was reminded of the Fox sisters. So we got Margareta or Maggie and Catherine or Kate Fox. And they, they were the two, two sisters in the 1840s. And they would hold public seances where they would communicate with spirits. Um, sometimes people that have were supposedly passed in homes, they would go and do on-site, you know, seances. That they would um, address spirits slash address sometimes the devil in these seances, and they called the devil Mister Splitfoot in these. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it well, Mister Splitfoot. <laughs> and uh, they got very popular, but however, later on. Their work was debunked, and uh, I forgot to mention how they were doing these seances. They would ask these questions. It would be a very question-and-answer classic seance sort of thing, but they would have a wrapping technique. They would, when it was debunked, it was proven that how they, they were making these wrapping, cracking sounds with their toes under the table, which I was thought was surprising. That's very loud toe cracking to yeah, fill an yeah. auditorium. But that's how that's what they did. But by the time that they were debunked, the spiritualism craze that they helped kickstart was already, you know, Pandora's box was open that is already out there that even though they were kind of debunked that they admitted that they publicly they admitted that it was all a fraud, that people were already gun ho about commuting with, with spirits, whether or not there was any basis of it. But it's, it's interesting, because even though that they were debunked, it appears they they admitted that it was all fraudulent to a reporter uh, that paid them $1,500 to give away their methods in exchange for their secrets. And this was also at a time when both the sisters later in life developed serious drinking problems and were uh, publicly accused of not being good fit mothers for their children. So this might've been a, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. It just speculated that this it's kind of, convenient that they went to this $1,500, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and said, it's all fraud. It's not. And what they said, quote, in the New York World um, or New York Herald newspapers when it happened, that I, quote, that I have been chiefly instrumental in perpetrating the fraud of spiritualism upon a too confiding public. Most of you doubtless know. The greatest sorrow in my life has been that this is true. And though it has come late in my day, I am now prepared to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help me God. I am here tonight as one of the founders of spiritualism to denounce it as an absolute falsehood from beginning to end as the flimsiest of superstitions, the most wicked of blasphemy known to the world. Okay, that that sounds like some coerced shit right So there. Right? And her sister had a similar quote saying, I regard spiritualism as one of the greatest curses that the world has ever known. What? Um, no. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were definitely forced to say that. Like, right. it's one thing to come out and be like, you know what? I, this isn't exactly what I said it was, but like, you don't, you don't dedicate your life to something and then come out and be like, it's all cursed. It's the, you know, like it just, right. it doesn't sit right with me that like definitely screams coercion. It's, it's just, it's a crazy thing because they did, I mean, they, they did prove and they, they were able to replicate, you know, Harry Houdini was one of the people that was like, no, 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 no. Those are toes cracking. <laughs> Uh, but, um, it's interesting that this happened in 19 or 1888 when they denounced it. And just the very next year, they recant, recanted this whole thing. Yeah. Also just a, just a quick, you know, history reminder for y'all, uh, turn of the century, late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, not necessarily the best time to be a no. woman. 
in the, in the modern world. <laughs> yeah, it, it all reads pretty fishy, 100%. I think it's just interesting that, that you know, whether or not it was true or not, the, the, the practice of spiritualism was already out there. It, was, it didn't matter who started mm-hmm. it. It's now here to stay, you know? Yeah, totally. I think, that's, I think that's the most interesting part about it. But yeah, sadly, they um, were penniless at the end of their lives because the spirit, spiritualist movement didn't want them. Everyone else thought they were a fraud, even though they recanted it. And they were shunned by former supporters and buried in pauper's graves. I'm waiting for a biopic on the Fox sisters because I think yeah, let's an bring them back. Amazing movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own seance. I'm gonna bring them in. We're gonna we're gonna chat. Well, see what's as up. I learned in my ghost hunting television uh, tips and tricks. Make sure you talk about stuff that was around when they were around. Don't talk oh. about uh, the Kardashians or video games because they won't <laughs> know what that means. That, um, oh, that, that is a good tip. That also reminds me, I posted on our Instagram at Happy Harvest Horror Show. I did a little ghost hunting mood board mm-hmm. on Instagram. And one of the things I found was like a diagram that was like, how, how ghosts walk through walls. And it was oh, like, yeah, I saw this. Um, yeah. It showed the two different layouts. And it was like, they, they are going to walk basically in the same path that they walked when they were alive. So if the building has been renovated and changed, they might walk through a wall because it wasn't there when the ghost was alive. alive. And I was like, oh, that's convenient. Um, <laughs> that's convenient theory. It's all theories. I mean, as much as yeah, I of course, love of course. all this. Like, yeah, and I, I, I will just put out there like, this episode is not here to debunk or to shame or to be a hater. It also isn't to fully be like, oh, ghost hunting is real and we shouldn't be skeptical. You know, it's just it just is. It's just an interesting thing that we do as humans. We're just happy to be here. You know, that's that's all it is. We're here for a good time, not a long time. And ghost hunting is a part of it. So <laughs> that's a great quote. <laughs> We're here for a good time, but not a long time. And ghost hunting is a part of it. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 100%. So, yeah, let's... um Let's chat a little bit about. So that was some of the like way earlier examples of ghost hunting. Super early. Yeah. yeah. And it is something that did continue throughout the 20th century, but it wasn't really like a big thing. It wasn't something that was known a lot about. Obviously, you know, there wasn't television for a long time. And I was actually, I don't know why, but I was surprised to put this together that ghost hunting TV didn't really start until 2000. Yeah, no, yeah, it was 2004, right? No, it was 2000. With, uh, was it 2000? Oh, it, what do you got? Uh, Tell oh. me your stuff. <laughs> um, so I traced ghost hunting television back to about 2000 with one of my, this was one of my favorite shows when I was younger. So 2000, I was in sixth grade and mm-hmm. it was like, if you know, you know, like I feel like people who remember the show are always like, oh my God, it was so good. But like a lot of people didn't watch it. But 2000 to 2002, there was a fantastic program by the name of Fear on MTV. Did you ever watch this show? Never. I heard you talking about it. Um, we were texting about a research and I looked it up. And I think you're right in that you, if you know, you know, and you had to be there because I was watching <laughs> these videos very confused. <laughs> I mean, it's it's 
definitely a product of its time in the most beautiful way. And like watching, so it's all on YouTube now in really, really poor quality, but like you can still watch it. And it was definitely bringing back a lot of nostalgia for me because I definitely remember like weekends. I was I was such a TV kid. I was definitely a kid who um, I was an only child. My parents worked all the time. I just like was ve- I very much came up on TV and I have memories like middle school, sixth grade, like it's like late night. It's like Friday night and I'm home alone and I'm like, oh, fuck, man, on MTV fear. Like that was like a thing. And it only ran for two seasons, but it was basically ghost hunting meets reality game show TV. Okay. Which is something I want to see more of in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. And it was, they would get a group together of, I don't remember how many contestants, like six or eight or something and they were all like you know like late teens early 20s and kind of from all over and there was like a cash prize and basically like they go to a haunted location and then there there was like a little safe house area where they all hung out and and in the safe house area there was a computer a 2000s computer like desktop Mm -hmm. computer and it would give instructions for these challenges like different challenges you had to do in the haunted building and every person on the team like would get a challenge and like basically like if you couldn't complete your challenge you would like lose your cut of the prize money and they were things like go down to like this scary dungeon and and sit there in the dark for two hours and like shit like that but they were in like places that you know they were in the exact same places that all the other ghost hunting shows go like i swear to god every ghost hunting show has been to this one penitentiary uh what is it but it's like supposed to be the most haunted prison in the united states and i swear to god every ghost hunting show goes eastern state pen yep that's the one that's an episode of every show. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. Every one of them. So yeah, it would be like these big, quote unquote, known haunted places. And then they would, but they did all their own filming. So there wasn't a camera crew. They they were given their own cameras and like had to do all their own filming. And then they were given the challenges through the computer. So mm-hmm. the idea was that they were alone, which is creepy to, to be fair. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun show. If you've never watched it, I suggest checking it out. It sounds a little bit like Fear Factor in a way. Is that? Is there any? I mean, it sounds more you know uh, personal than that instead of a yeah, game show think, sort of thing. But I think there is a connection. I think Fear Factor kind of like grew out of it a little bit. To be honest, yeah, it was strictly ghost haunt like hunting. It was haunted places. At the beginning of that show, was like. Their their one goal is to discover if this place is haunted, you know. <laughs> so it was like it was ghost hunting, but yes, I I think there is a connection, or I would be interested in exploring a connection between fear and fear factor for sure. Um, but yeah, it's a good one. And so that was two thousand two thousand two, and then Ghost Hunters showed up at in two thousand four. Hey yo, this is where I enter uh, because the, I watched this so much as a kid. That was on Sci-Fi Channel. Mm-hmm. And did you ever watch Ghost Hunters? Were you a Ghost Hunters So fan? honestly, I've got like a list of my favorites. It was never one of my favorites. I did watch wow. it. It's not at the top of my list. I don't know. I, I think I just didn't really feel like I connected with the actual like guys. Like I just was like, okay. I mean, like obviously it was it was around for 12 years. It's like one of the biggest known ghost hunting shows. Still around. Like people... 
love that show, but for whatever reason, it was it was just not one that I really connected with a lot. I think I just liked that they were. I mean, they were everyman is sort of, you know, if you're going to use that term, you know, because they were two plumbers <laughs> that started yeah, Jason yeah, Hawes yeah. and Grant Wilson. They were plumbers that worked for Roto-Rooter that would moonlight as the Atlantic Paranormal Society or TAPS, you know, <laughs> they had all the cool TAPS logo on everything. Doing the research when I found the TAPS, I was instantly brought back. I'm like, oh my God, it's TAPS. <laughs> I also didn't know about this, but those two, uh, or sorry, Jason Hawes founded also the Rhode Island Paranormal Society or RIPS. Um <laughs> <laughs> That really got me. Uh, taps and rips. No, you're right. And it is. it has also become, I think, a, an interesting social phenomenon. And I feel like... I feel like that's a, and maybe it's, you know, you can probably test this too. We're both, you know, Midwest born and raised babies. But I feel like the kind of like every man, especially in like these parts, like... These parts. The kind of every man also being a ghost hunter became a thing like in society. Oh, totally. Because you could get the same tools that they're using, you know, and they're and mm-hmm. they're talking about it. Not like in, you know, we'll talk about other shows that are very like, they're very characters running the show, you know. Yeah, Versus yeah, yeah. these guys were just the, the, a couple of plumbers, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, the show ran ran on sci-fi at least from 2004 to 2016 and then sci-fi was like "Mm, no more paranormal television we are uh we're not we're not about that anymore so it went to a and e yes yes and it has now it started back up in 2019 and it started again this year that feels weird to me that sci-fi was like no more ghost hunting but then a and e was like yes Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really travel channel that has all the as all the spooky ghost show, which is which is also thing. weird. It's a weird, but yeah, sci-fi. I mean, I'm growing up. Sci-fi was just my hub for. That's how I. I think I fell in love with horror because they just they showed all these older horror movies, you know, and I watched Ghost Hunters and I watched all this stuff. And now I think they're trying to gear more towards like a actual science fiction comic books, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, which also love. I love it all. But this year they started up in April for their thirteenth season. And I don't think that's a coincidence. The 13th season (laughs) spooky of Ghost Hunters in 2020. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) That's, I think we, and that, and it came out in April. I mean, this, they're showing stuff we weren't meant to see. And the universe is pivoting, you know? Yep. 100%. There are also multiple st- spinoff shows of Ghost Hunters. We got Ghost Hunters International. Yes. Which they uh, they had a, you know, a bunch of older guest hosts and now starring. And I, I never watched this, but I'm aware of it. Ghost Hunters Academy, where they train the next wave of Ghost Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. So yeah, I liked, I mean, I I can remember the events because they would have like their finales. I think on each season, they would have live episodes where they would go. And do you remember this? Where they would have like the cameras around and it was live and we're like, no, there's no editing here. This is happening. And of course it's, I don't know what it is, but I thought it was, I thought it was such a fun show and it, definitely fed my fascination with ghost hunting as a kid yeah yeah no it's definitely it's definitely the big one i I think it definitely got a lot of people on board with ghost hunting so 
kind of in that same time frame, essentially, m- one of my biggest ones that I really like loved at that time frame. This was actually this was an undergrad. This was um, this was in the days of a house that you're very familiar with, the 411, yep. where I, me and my roommates, uh, we would watch Paranormal State all the time. Did you ever watch Paranormal State with us? I remember that show so vaguely, though. To remind <laughs> me what it... Um, so it's a ghost hunting show, and it was a group of ghost hunters that were from... It was a student-led club, or it started as a student-led club at Penn State. Yeah. Uh, the Penn State University Paranormal Research Society. And then, um, yeah, this group of a few of them led by led by Ryan Buell star the show and and they would have they would have like psychic mediums sometimes come on. There was one that uh, came on a lot. His name was Chip Coffee. Chip Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, wore, he had like little glasses, and he would just like and he'd, he'd wear scarves, and he'd like come in and like talk talk to the ghosts and theirs was you know also kind of which happens in a lot of these shows there's you know it's kind of this idea that like they're going to go help people that are experiencing hauntings you know they're going to try and get the ghosts out but it was definitely more of a like the the main dude he just like had that dark and broody vibe for sure and like Mm -hmm. i remember he'd wear like long coats and shit and so like it definitely had this like dark broodiness to it also it got kind of heavy into Catholicism because Ryan was super Catholic. So they'd go like the dark, bloody Catholic route to go. Dark, bloody Catholic route. (laughs) But that's real. I mean, it is real. And I, but I was like really into it. We were all into it at the house in undergrad and we'd like watch the show all the time. Except for one of our roommates who hates that kind of stuff, who hates being scared. And he'd come home and we'd all be sitting in the living room in the dark, like watching this. And he'd be like, you guys. And he'd like <laughs> run away. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I loved that show. Was super into it. But I was like, I was doing my research and I found out uh, homeboy Ryan got arrested for fraud. Uh. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that such I think a bummer? It, yeah, I don't think I think it was let's see, yeah, it was twenty sixteen. I don't know if he actually like went to prison or anything, but yeah, two felony charges related to theft and stolen property. Oh. And I was just like, shit. <laughs> Damn. And when your whole business is on, you know, a a in conversation or in debate, uh what am I trying to say? When you when you're peddling ghost hunting, you really don't want to get caught with fraud. <laughs> you know? right? it really I think kinda, that's the one thing you gotta. Yeah, it under undercuts everything you've been doing at that point. Yeah. Like you're, um, you, I you know you just you you've broken the trust at that point, my dude. <laughs> and that's the whole backbone of all this, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's that one, and then another big one that, to be honest, I've actually only ever seen a few episodes of because it's a little too much for me. But it is also hilarious. Is Ghost Adventures? Ghost Adventures. I'm so glad we're here. We're finally here uh, because <laughs> I think this is really what paints a lot of ghost hunting. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Mindsets, right? You know, this is what we people think of i think uh when you think of ghost hunting shows now and and i mean for better or worse i don't know but uh it the host in this one zach baggins that you will remember from my spirit halloween ten thousand dollars sweepstakes that you can yep he also is uh responsible for like was it the idiot's guide to ghost hunting or who like he wrote that oh my gosh yeah <laughs> 
So he is he is an eccentric dude. He's got the he's always wearing the black hat. He's got the black sunglasses. And uh, whereas Ghost Hunters and other shows go at it from like a technical, we're trying to catch a reading, we're looking at our stuff. Zach's approach is just like yelling at ghosts. Yep, <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> let's see what we got. Like the like the the term ghost bro, um, I think is definitely apt for Oh yeah. For this it's guy. I, I mean that's probably my reason for not watching it too much is because it's uh, it's a little too bro y at times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's um but at the same time that it it you know is is the basis of its appeal. So like And it's still going to the present. You know, yeah. it's from 2008 till now on the Travel Channel with all its spin-off shows, including Ghost Adventures Aftershocks, which is when he goes back to the people that were affected and checks in on them and sees how they're, they're doing. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's a character. I I, w- I will say, like, watching an episode of that show is worth it just, just for the experience of, yeah, the Ghost Bro experience, I guess. The Ghost Bro experience. It should be be the new show the ghost bro experience <laughs> and as much as i yeah in this this show as much as it uh you know it, it, you can make fun of it and i do i do make fun of it i th- i have a story actually about it where my dad when he was when he was still here uh still among the living he uh i remember one night when i was home for like christmas he was watching ghost adventures and it came on and and he was like my dad if you had, if, if you ever knew my dad he was very spooked um he definitely believed in ghosts i think he uh was very interested in it but it was on the television and he was and i was like oh man you're watching ghost adventures and he's like yeah what do you think about it and i was very nose in the air you know like well not ghost adventures if you're going to ghost hunting show it's got to be like <laughs> ghost hunters or something um but in that moment i i uh, I missed this connection of talking about spooky stuff with my dad because I was too high and mighty and too good for ghost adventures uh, to bridge that connection. And then we never did. So, you know, we're here for a good time, not a long time. And ghost hunting is part of it. <laughs> Just to Thank reiterate, you, that That's so good. <laughs> you know, live in the moment. That might be the description for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our first merch, actually. Like, we could do merch. Like, we could absolutely do good merch. That'd be amazing. That would be great. Oh, man, (laughs) the possibilities. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, oh. Yeah, episode one. We're getting in it. Yeah, yeah, we are. Okay, so Ghost Adventures, Ghost Bro. This brings me to my absolute, like, current favorite, probably favorite, I mean, who knows, but favorite of all time, I think. I just, like, once I found this, so much made sense to me. BuzzFeed Unsolved, Paranormal. Oh, man. God, I love them. I love them. <laughs> I love them so much. When I found, like, I first discovered, and it's been around for a while. They d- they've done, like, seven seasons of the Paranormal series. There's also a true crime BuzzFeed Unsolved series, which is also very good and has been around for a while. But, uh, I discovered BuzzFeed Unsolved like less than a year ago. It was like not, it was like maybe like a month before quarantine hit. And it's two good pals, Shane Madey and Ryan Bergara. And one of them, Ryan, believes wholeheartedly in ghosts. And the other one, Shane, does not at all. Oh, a Mulder and Scully. It's the best dynamic. It's so good. And I loved watching it because it was just like when I started watching, I was like, this is what I've always wanted from a ghost hunting show. Also, what I love that they do is like not necessarily every show is like ghost hunting. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes they 
they don't always go like on site, but they do a lot. But it's also just telling a story. So like the show started as telling stories, like researching historical paranormal stories, right? And then it kind of grew into like them going on site and actually seeing like what kind of experiences they can have. But I love, I love the research element of it, obviously, because I'm a nerd. And like, so they actually go in and, t- and tell this like detailed story about you know, this paranormal place or activity or haunting. And they kind of, you know, go back and forth and talk about it. And then often they actually go on site. And I just like, I loved this show because one, I feel like the two of them are just like really cool guys. I feel they're the type of people that I'm like, we'd be friends if like we were in the same circle. Like they're just funny and smart, but like also kind of geeky and weird. And it also just feels a lot like what's like going on in my brain when I'm like actually like thinking about things like ghosts and the paranormal, mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm constantly, you know, like obviously like I'm, an, I'm a believer in things in a lot of ways and I'm, I'm always open to anything, but then I've got the, I, I've got, a a skeptic in there as well and the back and forth between them is just it's a great dynamic and it's just fun it's fun to see yeah these two different approaches to things and then like when they go on site it's always hilarious because ryan will get super spooked and freaked out and shane will like he does not give a single fuck like he'll like yell (laughs) at ghosts he's like come and fucking get me like he does not care and it's so funny and yeah and i just remember like like this show got on to my radar right before quarantine so it was like when we were in like deep quarantine the first like two months of quarantine for me are just a blur of like day drinking whiskey and watching BuzzFeed Unsolved and doing jigsaw puzzles. Oh, Just man. two months of that. And that was like, my, like, like that's how I handled, that's how I handled early quarantine. So thank you. Thank you, Shane and Ryan. Thank you, BuzzFeed <laughs> <Yes>. Unsolved. <laughs> yeah, it's a great show. I, I stand it hard. So definitely check that one out. Yeah, I got to check more of it out because I think I've seen bits of it, but not enough to, you know, have an opinion of, you know, uh, um, I haven't seen enough of it. Yeah. I actually think like, and like I said, they go heavy into like their research. So I've even been thinking about it in terms of this podcast. Like I bet you a lot of their stuff that they do is going to inform future episodes for us because they go into all the classic stuff. Like there's an episode on Bigfoot. They go into Mothman. Like they go far beyond just like spooky just houses being haunted. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. it's like really looking at all these different paranormal stuff, which is also my jam. Like why stop at ghosts? Like, <laughs> I've always said that, you know, that's been my mantra. Why stop at ghosts? There's a whole spooky world out there. We're here for a good time, not a long time. Ghost hunting's part of it. There it is. There it is. Were there any other shows you wanted to mention or? You know, I couldn't think of, I mean, Ghost Hunters, that was, that was the show I watched. Yeah, yeah. But if we wanted to pivot or or I I could just plug, I mean, movies, you know, that were like, yeah, Mm -hmm. the ghost hunting movies. I think the things that came up for me were, if anyone remembers Grave Encounters, which was this like kind of found footage, almost like a Blair Witch sort of movie um, where they're in this spooky asylum, just ghost hunting, you know, taking the EVP readings. They got a medium with them that turns out to be, you know, not a medium. He's just a, he's a fraud and it gets pretty spooky. I mean, I think it's easy to, it's not an amazing film, but there's some good spooks 
spooky stuff in there. I also mm-hmm. think of White Noise. Do you remember Michael Keaton, White Noise? So I don't think I ever saw that, but it's definitely like ringing a bell in my mind. Oh, so yeah. I feel like I've seen something about that. I think or- it came out right at the height of like the beginning of stuff like Ghostbusters, right? Uh, not Ghostbusters, Ghost Hunters. And it just the trailer was just like EVP or electronic voice phenomena is the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it was just like hyping you up of like, oh man, this is like, this is the ghost hunting event of the, you know, Hollywood year. And me as a middle school kid going in and going, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know about all the tools here. I know about your EMF <laughs> reader and your digital thermometer. I know, I know what it's going to take. <laughs> And so I was, uh, that was, I think I, I have not seen it since I was in middle school. I got to go back for sure and watch this movie. Speaking of that, should we just do a quick dip into the technology that's used in these uh, ghost hunting programs? Yeah, let's talk about the tools of the trade here. All right. So you got your, well, you're going to need a digital recorder, right? To pick up your EVPs or electronic voice phenomena. (laughs) And how you're going to use that digital recorder is you're going to have a question and answer sort of thing where you're going to ask a question and the recorder will pick up maybe the ghost voice answering back. And sometimes it's spooky. Yeah. Other times, you know, as you, technology gets bigger, you, it's much easier to go, mm, that was easy to not happen. <laughs> um, uh, we also got your digital thermometer mm-hmm. or just a thermometer because ghosts, they're cold. They're cold ghosts. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, Ghost 101, you guys. That's Ghost 101. Ghosts are cold. And as I was watching back at past ghost hunting episodes, so much of this stuff was like, I, I don't mean to, again, you know, I'm not going to repeat this in my life of pointing my nose up at ghost hunting shows, but when the actor or not actors, when just the ghost hunters on the, on the screen just go, Oh my gosh, it just got cold. Did you feel that? And the other person goes, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I feel that. It, it's kind of like a, <laughs> okay. I don't know. What- <laughs> See on, on a uh, Buzzfeed unsolved, it would be Ryan being like, Oh, it just got cold. And Shane would be like, no, it fucking didn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, See, that's what you need. I know. <laughs> we need we need the skeptic always in there because if it's just two people going, it's cold. Do you feel that cold? Oh yeah, I feel that cold. <laughs> but you know, at 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 a, at a time in my life, I was watching that, going, oh man, it just got cold. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you also got your uh, if you're gonna get fancy, your EMF or electromagnetic field gauge because Ooh. there's the 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 belief. Or the, the the one theory that ghosts are um, energy. You know, the spirits are mm-hmm. collected energy. So in that vein, uh, they would cause fluctuations in magnetic fields. What's interesting about these two, the EMFs, is like, so they exist for other purposes, right? EMFs, electromagnetic field meters, they exist so you can measure electromagnetic radiation. So in places where maybe some sort of nuclear disaster or something happened, right? Like you Mm -hmm. may want to measure to see if it's even safe to be there. That's that's their purpose. But uh, they are now, a lot of EMFs are actually marketed as quote ghost meters like they have started incredible yes (laughs) created and marketed specifically for ghost hunting which i think is amazing i gotta get one (laughs) you gotta (laughs) doesn't matter if i believe it or not i need one yeah also if you know you find yourself around chernobyl or something you'll be solid I think that's spooky in itself. Yeah, you know? 100%. <laughs> At that point, yeah, there might as well be ghosts, you know, that like, 
Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, definitely. if you don't get the budget for an EMF, that's okay because a compass works great too. Ooh, now you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We also need, uh, you know, photography. You pick up uh, the ghost spots sometimes. This is an interesting thing too. So it's digital video cameras. And yeah. this, um, so I watched this show, very low budge, uh, quote unquote, like documentary show uh, about orbs. I was very into it, but it was also, you know, created by people that very, 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 very strongly believe in orbs, which cool. Like I kind of believe in them too. Actually, I have a personal story that I'll tell at a different time of when I was a kid and I saw an orb. Uh Uh-oh. We'll save that. We'll save that. We'll do an episode of like our experiences with the paranormal. I think that would be fun. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So I'm going to save that one for y'all. But anyway, so I, I definitely am not a naysayer to orbs. The documentary was interesting, but also like one of the main things, these people that claim to be like orb photographers mm-hmm. talk about is like you have to use digital cameras. Like, And so this, this was really big, like using digital cameras to uh, photograph orbs was really big in the early 2000s when digital cameras were really becoming a thing and also ghost hunting. But they really stick to like you need a digital camera to capture footage of an orb. And there might be a reason for that. Maybe you even know. But why does it have to be digital? Like, why do we need digital cameras to pick it to up? To capture, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to this. I can speculate that maybe it's uh, that with physical photography, with light, that it will pick up. I don't know. There could be blemishes in the in the pressing of it or the the photography making. I don't know or lens flare or maybe something. it's like maybe digital cameras are more able to like bridge the veil between different dimensions maybe that's like a thing yeah that sounds right yeah that's i think that's it i think we saw that it. sounds good yeah <laughs> yeah you just you need to the, the extra few thousand dollars for the camera that's what really gets you to the next <laughs> the next i mean i guess where my brain is my brain is just like, you know, my, now my brain's going all sorts of places, but like uh, simulation theory type stuff, oh right? Boy. Like, so if like we're living in a simulation of some sort, of any sort, then like digital equipment is going to be more compatible with a digital simulation, yeah. you know? Oh, Does yeah. Does that make sense? That's a giant rabbit hole of a, of a theory that that's, oh, yeah. that's the oh, chasm yeah. that you jump into, but yes. <laughs> that's the way my brain works, guys. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> buckle up. So, you know, just some just some light things to think about <laughs> the simulation and digital video cameras and orbs. <laughs> I love it. I love all this ghost hunting stuff. I think, I mean, this was really a big part of my childhood. Not really childhood because I was a teenager. What is it? Adolescence, maybe? Yep, that's, that's the word. The word. That's yeah, the word. big part of it. Then I'm sad you missed out on fear. Like I, fear yeah, I, was. Well, you know, I was not an MTV uh, fellow. I was not an MTV boy. A fellow. <laughs> I was gonna say, little boy. <laughs> I was not a little MTV boy. <laughs> so I hard corrected to fellow. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get off this exit. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I think of uh, other movies that used it, that used these instruments. You got the, I think the Paranormal Activity movies, for sure, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there was ghost hunting vibes all, all, all over that, that sure. right? You got, I guess, any James Wan movie, The Conjuring Universe, they're all the, the Warrens, they're mm-hmm. ghost hunters. We could have a whole episode on the Warrens. That would be fun. You got the Insidious. So many possibilities, y'all. Oh, yeah. We have, there's a little gem. If you guys, if none of you've seen it, Check out the Innkeepers. It's this. It's. I feel like it's always popping up on Netflix or Prime, but it's this. You know, pretty low budget little spooky ghost story that I, if I'm remembering it correctly, I could be wrong, but it was all done in this hotel that was inspired by the director because he stayed at this hotel for a previous like shoot and he his time at this hotel he was like mm, this is pretty spooky place and so he comes back and he makes a little movie there but they have ghost hunting. You know, they're just the kind of workers at this this hotel as it was closing and their last few nights there and doing some ghost hunting. But yeah, I think that's that's all the, the, the ghost hunting things I could think of. I mean, it's it's in so many horror movies. That's that's a big thing of like bringing in the medium, yeah. bringing in the equipment. We're going to pick it all up, you know, but yeah, yeah. Going meta with it in the horror movies. One other thing I did want to touch on that I think is very much connected to this rise in ghost hunting, ghost hunting TV shows, you know, just like little ghost hunting societies and groups that popped up in the early 2000s. And that still exists now. There is also in connection with that a been a very large rise in ghost tours. Oh, yeah. Ghost tours for sure. Ghost tours are a thing. Uh, I've been on a few myself. Have you have you part partook partaken in the in the ghost tour? I, I don't think I ever have. I think every time I see there, you know, there are there are always pamphlets in hotels, you know, like take this tour, do mm-hmm. this trolley ride or whatever. I don't think I ever actually have though. I think in my mind, I just have been on a few because I've seen them everywhere. That at some point in my life, I'm like, yeah. of course you did, but no, I don't think I ever did. Tell me about your experience. Okay, so I've been. On two, two that come to mind. The first one was actually in my my lovely hometown of Sioux City, Iowa, <laughs> back in like 2010, maybe somewhere in there, t- 2009, 2010. So this was in the it, at the exact same time that I was like super into paranormal state. So like the two the two go hand in hand. But went with some friends, and it was it was actually really fun because my hometown is you know it's just like a smaller city in the Midwest, but it is fairly historical. It was kind of a booming city in the early 20th century. Uh, It was like known as Little Chicago for a while. And so like Al Capone used to like run through my hometown and shit. Like I think he had like a house there. But anyways, so it's like it's an interestingly historical city. And so they like really played that up for this ghost tour. And it was really fun because I like put you in a van that's like a ghost tour van. And on the tour, like we're like going through the city and like going through downtown, they had like little things set up on on one of the main streets of downtown, like going down the street, and then someone dressed as Al Capone gets out of the old car oh. and like yeah and then we go down by this bar where there was like this famous shootout and they have like a shootout reenactment and then it ends at this old cemetery in Sioux City and they had like people kind of set up do fun things with lights <laughs> so it, it was it was like a, you know, it was a very performative ghost tour. Very like, like it was a type where it was, you know, we're going to plant these things and like make these things happen. And then also share the history. 
which was really fun. It was a fun thing to do. And I really enjoyed it. And then my second ghost tour (laughs) was with my friends in Prague. Uh, We went on a ghost tour. (laughs) So Prague itself is old and spooky and amazing. Like it's a great place. This tour uh, left a lot to be desired. (laughs) That's a shame. I know. You're getting a Prague ghost tour and you walk away going, meh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, our tour uh, guide was very kind of kooky and nice and stuff. And he told us some interesting stories, but that was about it. Just kind of like walked us around town and like told us some stories and stuff. And it was like billed as like a ghost tour. And I was like, eh, I didn't really see any ghosts. Yeah. Though. <laughs> and I'm sure that is an experience many people have had on ghost tours. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. But but yeah, that whole thing, like I saw some numbers while I was researching, like there were a few businesses like ghost tour businesses that before ghost hunting TV really took off. So they existed before like ghost hunters, but then ghost hunters took off and their business tripled. It went kind of through the roof. So like ghost hunting TV... It definitely, you know, radiated outwards. I, I think it had an effect on society in some interesting ways. Well, just like this, the Fox uh, Sisters, right? Whether it's real or not, mm-hmm. that it's out of the cats out of the box. Cats out of the box. Cats out of the box. Exactly. Exactly. So it really doesn't matter because uh, we live in a world where there's ghost hunting, and so that's that. Like, <laughs> and what a beautiful world it is. We're all better for it. Is, it. it is beautiful. I agree. I totally agree. I'm glad it exists. You know, special thanks to all you out there who partake. If anyone listens to this episode and like you are an active ghost hunter and you have any good stories, hit us up. Send us your recordings. I want to listen. Oh, yeah, that could be fun. I want to hear your stories for sure. Happy Harvest Horror Show at gmail.com. That's our email. Yep, you can find us places. And on Instagram, Happy Harvest Horror Show. I think that was a pretty good check in on ghost hunting television shows. I think so too. I think we hit a lot, but there, and you know, there's plenty more. There was lots of spinoffs and stuff, but I think we hit, hit some big ones. We'll probably touch on some other stuff in future episodes because this is a spooky podcast and that's some spooky stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we chose this for like our first big episode though. This was fun. This was good, a good icebreaker for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Good vibes, ghost vibes. That is that our, our new sign off? <laughs> good vibes, ghost vibes. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Really trying for the sign-offs. <laughs>